Hey, it's the One and Done Show. Marcus Fuller is here. Ryan James is here. My name is Hardwood Rob, and we haven't gotten together since uh, our Final Four show, have we? Do you miss us? I miss us. I miss us, too. It's been a pretty exciting summer and spring. Um, there's plenty of NBA to talk about and some high school basketball, too. But before we get to that stuff, let's let's uh, settle into our sweet spot. Uh, Marcus, catch me up. What's going on with the Gophers, man? So sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> it, no, the sweetest thing is the fact that um, Amir Coffey's playing so well in the summer league. You know, we have to obviously scale back to the draft and obviously losing Amir, um, you know, when the Bummer. deadline came to declare for the draft. He stayed in the draft. A lot of people were surprised because they thought, hey, Come back for your senior year. You know you can. You have a chance to be an All American, possibly Big Ten Player of the Year candidate. Gophers, you know, obviously is a uh, NCAA tournament team with him and Jordan Murphy. And I thought, you know, this year's team has a lot of talent, even without Amir. So you add him to the mix, and you know, who knew how far they could go? And even Patino himself said it could be his best team yet if Amir were to come back, and he's not. But I think a lot of people, at you know, initially overreacted in the sense that he made the wrong decision. Um, when I talked to him. Just before the Las Vegas Summer League, he said, hey, it was an easy decision. And I don't think that was any knock on the Gophers. It just meant that he felt like he was ready. You know, he put in a lot of work since the end of the season. Um, You know, he was traveling to, I think, more than a dozen workouts. Uh, He did go to the G League Elite Camp, which was new this year in the sense that it invited not just, you know, G League players, but it invited um, underclassmen, college players um, to really see – if they they should uh you know get a shot uh in the G League you know when when it's all said and done a lot of these players even first round picks and second round uh high second round picks they end up in the G League right so Amir didn't get drafted long story short um but he did make the Clippers roster in the summer league and he earned a two-way contract which is and they're treating him like a draft pick so you know it, it did seem like a good decision for him and uh you know as far as the Gophers and what how that influences them uh, and their roster moving forward. Uh, I, we can talk more about that. Ryan seems to believe that they're just as good or maybe even better without him in some senses. What? No. You, okay. This is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I like the chemistry makeup of this team coming in in terms of the way their defensive team the, the, where their defensive capabilities are as a team defense, and I think I'm gonna really like this team in the way of, in turn for and when it comes to shot selection and how they're gonna move the basketball. Having reviewed video of Marcus Carr, Peyton Willis, and of course watching the the players that were on the team last year, I think the chemistry mix has a chance to be outstanding. Um, of course, with Amir Coffee, you have that type of talent that could take them from one level to the next. That's obvious. But at the same time, I see a lot of uh, the 2004-2005 team. Where no one thought they'd be any good because they lost a big name, Chris Humphreys. Isn't Humphreys. that the team that oh, – okay. I was they lost Chris Humphreys, but they also okay. lost some other good players. I was going to say I thought that was the team that Chris Humphreys was on because that was a horrible it, team. No, that was a horrible team. Yeah. But, the, but that team that Chris <laughs> Humphreys was on also had good players. They just had terrible chemistry. I mean, it's, oh, it's hard to have chemistry when – one you're terrible. The, hey, got, that, was the last time, that was the last time they had a player drafted, so something so, worked on that So, squad. But then the next year, like many people didn't expect them to have the team they did, but because they played such good team basketball, both ends of the floor, I, I look at next year's team, I think that has a possibility because Gabe Kelsher is – 
the type of he's he's all excellent defender and a shooter, but he doesn't force anything bad. I watched Marcus Carr play two games for Pittsburgh. I never saw him take a bad shot. I never ta- saw his team take a who bad you, shot. Who, who did you watch him play? I I don't know, dude. I watched like a hundred basketball games in the last month. Kansas State, Southwestern, Louisiana. No, I watched him play an ACC game because to find the games, you have to go online and find like YouTube games. Nobody puts Kennesaw State games online. You can find them. I'm sure you you can. (laughs) I'm telling you, I've been looking for not Kansas State, but tough. Like it's hard to find games online in full. I think I actually watched them get their butts kicked by like, Carolina, yeah, Carolina State. or Duke or something. I did, I did watch that game too. Anyway, Marcus Carr looked really good, and I watched Peyton Willis play a couple games, and I love the way he plays. And with most of the games I watched him, he was their backup point guard, and he did a fantastic job. But then he, and then he came off the bench, and I watched him shoot the ball really well in those in the games I saw him play. So I'm looking at the chemistry makeup of this team, and you're looking at a bunch of guys that. I think are going to be outstanding team basketball players. The problem becomes so much. There's so much new to the team, and there is a lot of youth on the team. I think what's the upperclassmen count four? Three well, or it's, four? it's not even about. But, it's, a, it's about the guys that are upperclassmen that have actually played major roles, and all, you only have really one. Who you know? And I mean, and not not even on this team. Alihan Demir but, is the only, and seen. he's never played high major basketball before. Right. So you know, it's that's the situation is. If something happens to Marcus Carr or Daniel or Gabe, you well, have inj- a void that's a problem. Injured, but th- so, that was the case last year as well. You know, we thought, oh, one injury away from disaster. Uh, they f- they stayed fairly healthy. Eric were. Curry's injury was you know significant at the you know when it happened because obviously you know he was playing uh, major minutes before he was even ready. I thought, um, but then Matt Stockman ended up you know giving them the the, the help they needed. Uh, in the end, versus Purdue and, and a couple other games, let's 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 go go uh, not player by player, but let's just go over the newcomers on this roster. Most of the Gopher fans that are listening to us will know these guys, but let's just go. I've got the roster here with with me right now. Peyton Willis, you just talked about him, right? Transfer from Vanderbilt. He's a junior, uh, two guard, but he probably can play some three and and even one. I've heard, the coaches have talked about him possibly playing some one, right? Well, he almost has to, right? He's he's uh, got experience, college experience playing point guard, and after Marcus Carr, it's him and it's the freshman Brian Greenlee, right? Who so, you know we don't know anything about, right? So you just mentioned Brian Greenlee, uh, he was the last player to be added to this 2019 class. Um, you know he was a prep school kid, not very highly recruited by high majors, but um, you know obviously uh, you know in the, late in the spring um, they needed a point guard, you know some kind of presence after Marcus Carr. Um, and then, you know, obviously they filled the roster with Brian Greenlee. Uh, Marcus Carr, we talked about him already. Pittsburgh transfer. Now, I've heard, I've heard like two different, I don't know, not reviews, but, you know, two different evaluations of Marcus. One, when he was at Pitt, um, you know, outstanding cre- uh, facilitator, uh, create his own shot and for others. Uh, obviously, the, he turned over the ball quite a bit. And then his three-point shooting uh, was a little inconsistent. Um, and when, when I talked to him in the spring, he said, you know, those two areas were uh, areas that he really tried to work on during, um, you know, during the, his set-out season. I mean, he was on the scout team, and he was basically the, the guard that was going against, uh, you know, Amir Coffey and, and the starters. And, you know, he really pushed it. He made him work. I mean, when they played Purdue, when they prepared for Purdue, he was playing Carson Edwards, and, and Patino was pretty honest. And he said, you know, a lot of times in those practices – you know, he was giving it to the starters. And I think that really helped Gabe Kalsher. 
um, prepare for Carson Edwards. And if you looked at the two of the three games that they played uh, Carson Edwards, you know, Gabe did a great do- great job of, of shutting Carson down. Not like completely containing him. It's not like he like had five points or anything. But if you saw his like shooting percentage, I mean, it was horrible. And um, I, and and I, when talking to Marcus, he said, you know, him and him and Gabe kind of worked together. Uh, you know, in in, in in the scouting report, looking at film and that kind of thing. And when you talk about chemistry of this team, I think it's going to be huge. I mean, Patino even mentioned it in, in the practices, um, you know, recently in the summer, that this team, the chemistry is, is really impressive at this point. And I have to say, like, I'm surprised because they have seven newcomers, you know, but two of them, obviously, Peyton Willis and Marcus Carr were already on the team. So that helps a lot. Let me just, like, run through the the rest of the newcomers Alihan Demir he's a transfer from Drexel uh 6'9 power forward um he's gonna have to fill Jordan Murphy's spot but they're totally different players right I mean uh I think that it's pretty clear that this is gonna be a different team inside than it was the past you know four years Jordan Murphy was a double double machine he was tough physical um you know obviously he's a highlight reel above the rim finisher but he was in undersized. Um, you know, he's working on his three-point shot now as a pro. But, you know, in college, he just didn't really have that aspect of the game at the power forward position where that's a strength for Alihan Demir is putting the ball on the floor and, and stretching the, the defense, right? I, I ha- You know, the, he's one guy that I haven't – I've heard about right. and I've looked at stats of. You know, but I haven't got my own evaluation sure. Watch looking at the tape to see exactly how he'll fit. Um I know one of the, I know a, I know a, his early career coach. Right. Uh, he now coaches at another school, and that I that I talk to frequently. And uh, at first, he thought there was no chance Alihan could play, even at Drexel. Like he thought that was right. a terrible fit. Right. But, but now he, th- you know, when I asked him, can he play in the Big Ten? He goes without without a doubt. You know, he's got a different mentality. And that different approach to, and I'm not sure what he means by different. I, I don't know if it's relaxed, if it's I don't. Well, I mean, he's squat. I don't. He's care. from Turkey. Yeah, he just has a different approach. A, and, and, yeah, it's a European mentality. Yeah, and the, his approach is, I, I'm going to help the team, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt the team when, with what I do. But I'm going to help the team, and I'm going to, I'm going to make buckets. I'm going to, I'm going to get shots up. Um, I don't know what type of player he is, though. It's tough to say. I just, I'm told from somebody I know that he should help this team, but he's going to be a different player. If you expect him to come out and get 11 rebounds every game, you're wrong. Right. But if you, you can, when the ball goes into his hands, he's going to be able to hit a jumper, and he is going to be able to use one dribble and score. And he's, there's going to be some little old-school dynamic, too, I'm told, a little back-to-the-basket stuff here and there. So I don't know. We'll see. But it's it's it was a really important get and a needed get, and – they had to have it because they didn't have a power forward. You right. know, they didn't have, an experienced power forward. I'm gonna, I gotta restate that. They didn't have an experienced power forward. So now what you're looking at is, you got Daniel Aturo inside. Is he experienced? Just one year, but he's got all Big, big Ten potential. Power sure. forward, you have a senior who has averaged 15 a game in his college career. At your small forward spot, that's where you're gonna have the question mark. Um, who's gonna start? I'll, most of us will say Peyton Willis, but at the same time. It has to be the right fit because he's going to have to play other positions as well. Well, they've done that before with Dupree yeah. and Brer. I think uh, you leadership know Gabe is starting, right? And obviously Marcus is the point guard, right? And a little bit more Marcus Carr, like he has to be able to hit shots, yes. But as long as he hits a third of his threes, I'm good because to me, his biggest job is a making sure the right pass 
it, make sure the ball is in a good position with his first pass every single every single time down the floor, and every time he has space to attack, he takes advantage of it. Which the video oh, I'm do. seeing, he will do. Yeah, and when I remember watching him playing in high school, he was that was like what I saw that caught my attention the most was. Every time a defense is doesn't rotate quick enough or gets off balance, and he sees a he sees the angle to cut, that dude attacks. And so I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I don't think he's a guy that's going to play outside of. Okay, let's be honest. In the last five years, we've had a lot of guys with the ball in their hands who take shots and we want to put our hands over our eyes. I mean, there's a lot of guys that did that. <laughs> but that's part. But that that's part of his Patino system. Is he gives well, those guys those that freedom? Well, some of the, if that's the reason is I don't know. I, I don't. It is. They may, well, I don't. I'll tell you what. Watch it. They're Patino. not afraid to to take those. shots. I get that, but yeah. when you watch Patino's face on the sidelines when they take some of those shots, I'm not really believing that that's what Patino wanted them to do. <laughs> well, of course, he doesn't. He's want like to. screaming at them, like, "What are when you it, doing?" When it doesn't go in, Nate Mason, why did you just shoot for no passes go, the second time? When it doesn't go in, uh, Isaiah Washington, coach. what are you? Well, let's not let's not put Isaiah in this but mix. What, what, yeah. It's all of them. Like Dupree McBrayer, Dupree was better at, as he was an older player, as a right. younger player. He took right. crazy shots. Right. You know, we've had guys that took crazy shots. Marcus Carr doesn't seem to be that type of guy, and I and they he need, will. He'll, he'll no. have those moments. I just I I, I I hope to God he doesn't because no. If, <laughs> if I'm sitting there watching him play. All the, like the two games I watched with Pitt, he did take one bad shot the whole time. Didn't even force anything ever. No, I, I think that like I can't all of a sudden imagine he's just going to force things like crazy. I think now. that part, like I said, part of Patino's offense when you have a guy that's in that position is you kind of want him not to take bad shots, but you want him to be aggressive. And a lot of times, some of those shots are going to be bad. Like, but why they, can't you just be aggressive when after Amir, you make the right pass and get the ball back? No, that's true. But in Amir, it's very true. Amir, it's basketball Amir was in that. Amir was in that mold too, where he was thinking too much on the side of what you're you're saying is, I really don't want to make the bad t- take a bad shot. I really don't want to make the, the bad decision. But in this, in that sense, you're not, you're, you're not even. I mean, you're thinking too much, and you're not just, you're not playing. But and for me, I think Marcus, compared to his freshman year when you watched him, I understand that he's a, he's a different player in the sense now where he's going to be a little bit even more aggressive to look for his own shot, and that will sometimes cause him to take bad shots. But I'm okay with that. Like Nate Mason to me is one no! of the best, best guards. Why would you want it? Like that's why the team chemistry is going to be good because they're not going to take bad shots. No. Why would you be like, ah, be more aggressive, take bad shots? The, hey, the guy, like, no. The, the guy you can be has, aggressive without taking bad shots. The guy that has the ball in his hands most of the time and is a threat to score, maybe the biggest threat to score on the perimeter, you know, as far as like, you know. Playmaking, making your yeah, shots. Yeah, playmaking, yes, yes. yeah, because Gabe is going to work on that, but obviously his three-point. shooter. Right. So that guy is going to take bad shots, okay? To, to say that he's not going to take any bad shots, that, that's just not going to happen. I right? know that, but that's it like you're saying you're not going to have any bad days. I it's mean, the amount of do you times. Want, do you want bad days? If of not, course not. But it, it's going to happen, man. It's just how you, you react. You want to talk to bad that. days? Last night the power was out in our place, and not only could we not get it like the power out, like we don't have a key to open our garage. So then you're go, you, you're like, oh, oh yeah, use the yeah, house key true. to go around. We have a daughter who, who's who leaves our house. Right. Like she if she's up she's up early and she'll take I'll just and she loses the key. No, no, no. She'll okay. walk out the door and go to our neighbor's house oh, wow. okay she's down syndrome so it's like she'll just get up and go places like she thinks she can go there oh, so we have girl. magnetic locks on our door right okay well we we have the magnetic locks on the door we could get into our house oh, so we boy. sat in the driveway for two hours that's a bad day <laughs> did you that's a Would bad you get day. the locksmith or something no we tore apart the screen and then opened up one window that we had oh, nice i've done uh, that before oh anyway yeah. that's a bad day taking 
Taking one bad shot every ten possessions, that's not a bad day. Well, no, my- Taking one bad shot every four or five possessions, that can't happen. I get happen. that. I and get I don't that. think Marcus Carr is going to do that. But but just quickly on Marcus, and we'll move on. I think that the biggest part for him, the transition would be for him, is not necessarily bad shots, but bad decisions, turnovers. You know, like that was a huge part of of his game as a freshman. Is he had way too ter- too many turnovers, and I think that part will actually be reduced in his role with Minnesota, and it has to. You know, I mean, the one thing about Amir is, you know, like he, he was trying to figure out the point guard position a lot earlier in the season, and he, he was a – not a turnover machine, but he took quite a few turnovers, and it wasn't necessarily like, you know, um, the, the defense was just that good. He was just not comfortable in that role making those decisions, and I think – you know, and he he got that at the end of the year. He definitely reduced the is, turnovers, and he was making good decisions for himself and others. And I think for Marcus, I think he's going to start off right right off the bat. He's going to be a guy who is going to limit t- turnovers and not be a. I mean, he's he's not a sophomore. He's a, he's a redshirt junior, really. Yes, you yes. know, and so he's a, he's more to me. He's Wait more advanced than he is. He's not a redshirt junior. He's a redshirt sophomore. He'd be a regular junior. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. College. He would be a junior. Yeah. He'd be a junior. He's a redshirt sophomore, but he would be a junior, is what I'm trying to say this year. So, I think he's that, in his third year of college. Is what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to say. yeah. He he would be a junior. And look at the rest of the roster. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 quick. So, if you play 29 minutes a game, is 2.8 turnovers a game bad in 29 minutes? That's that's probably a little too much, but it's not terrible, is it? Well, I mean, to me, if you look at, I'm I'm talking about like certain games, it was he had some pretty high turnovers. Nice moment. But. You know, if you look at Sam Freeman's other uh, center uh, newcomer, uh, man, when you look, I walked up to him at Gopher team camp with my son, and uh, dude is a man. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he's a man. He's he's already uh, a lot uh, stronger looking than uh, D- Daniel Tudor was coming in, six ten, two thirty. He's you know he's built already, and I've, what I've heard from the coaches is like he, he's he's just. Isn't he physical. long enough He's to physical. like touch both bumpers on a van? Like he like <laughs> front and back. Like, I hear he's like what an odd long. thing to do. You know what? Let me see if I can go bumper to bumper on his van. <laughs> front to back. <laughs> what what does uh, Jay Billis always talk about? Wingspan. I, he, he talks about he hates wingspan, NCAA. Wingspan. Wingspan. Bumper no, ability. but see, you need to me. You need a guy that uh, to back up Daniel at center. You know, he's probably not going to score much, but rebounding defensively, if he can do that right away, you know, coming off the bench, that's going to be huge. They don't need him to play much. No, and, and, and that's and that's if like that's if they don't get Eric Curry back healthy. Yeah, and, and, and I think they will. And you also have, you know, Jarvis O'Mercer could play some of that backup center, you know, maybe Alihan can play some backup center. No, he's not a center. But well, you could at times. You just got done telling me. But well, we walked into the, into the studio. Positionless basketball. Positionless basketball. Right. Ali Hans is not six two. Like he he's can not, play a little but five. If you, do you remember when Daniel's a decent? He's got decent length, right? He's six ten. You remember him trying to battle these centers in the in the Big Ten? I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not talking. But Daniel's going to be on the court thirty minutes a game. So we're only talking about ten minutes a game here. Yeah, I I, I still think that you need a, just a big body in there with some length as you. As you alluded to, and the last uh, newcomer that we haven't talked about, and he's not on the roster yet officially because he actually is still in Germany. Well, he he's not in Germany now, but he was in Germany, and they had a uh, they have a policy at the U where if you're an interna- international student, you can you can't join um, the program and you can't actually 
uh, be enrolled until 30 days before the fall semester, which is, I think it's weird. Little, it's, it's stupid and it's ludicrous, but it has to do with the visa, the whole student visa thing. And so what he decided to do, and he's fortunate that he had the opportunity to be invited to play on the uh, under-20 European Championship team for Germany. And he actually had his first game this morning. Uh, trouble finding stats on that, but, you know, to be representing your country uh, in the European Championships, you know, under-20 Championships, there, there's a lot of good players on that team. And, you know, he's a, he's an up-and-coming uh, guy in his country. And, you know, I think the fact that the Gophers lost Amir Coffey that's what we started this conversation off with, and we can end it. Um, and you get a guy with his with Isaiah Eden's potential, and he's a six eight six nine wing that can shoot the ball. You know, I'm not saying he's going to come in and fill Coffee's shoes right away, but you got to feel pretty good that you have a talent like that coming in, and um, you know, potentially maybe uh, in the middle of the or at the end of his freshman year, he might show signs of of being you know the next guy like Coffee, who at that position, you know, the pro scouts are looking at. You know, how do you say his last name? Inan. 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 Yeah. Inan. Like Inan. Inan. Inan out. Inan. Like Inan out burger. Inan out. Oh, see, you're the king of it. There it is. Hey, and before we move on to, what about Jordan Murphy? What's going on with him, man? Well, Jordan. Well, you were going to say something about the new recruit or Isaiah. No, I was just going to make sure to say his name. I was also about to say it was impressive that you were trying to translate German articles to figure out if he was. <laughs> were you really? That is. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't. You know, obviously Google could do that for you, but when it translates, it's like all garbled. <laughs> you know, you know like, it's Isaiah, just really weird. Yeah, and Isaiah, like I don't, we don't really know how to talk about him. Like no. he could come in here and be like Jermaine Stanford. Sorry, Who's Jermaine. <laughs> He's that? a walk-on from our days. Uh, a walk-on? You're comparing him to a walk-on? I'm just, I, let me finish the point. Okay. He could be Jermaine and have, you know, or actually, excuse me, it was Jason that played. You could be like Jason and just, you know, shoot Man, ball well old. in eight you're minutes old, a game. Aren't you? He could be Carlos Morris and annoy the crud out of us with shot selection. Yeah. Or he could be Willie Burton. We have no idea what the guy's going to be like. Like, we, it's, no, I don't think anybody really does, except probably the Gopher coaches because they probably got to watch, you know, film on him. I'd love to see that film, by the way. I have no, no idea. It wasn't, what this guy. it wasn't. It wasn't. It was more than film. Like I got no. Kyle, Kyle yeah, they went, went down to Germany and watched. Yes, they him, went yeah. overseas. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. The Gophers right. got a chance to. I don't right. think anybody else really has a chance besides the few schools that recruited the kid that actually made the effort to go over there and see him. Like there's a few others as well, TCU, Tennessee. But I don't think anybody knows what to expect from him at all. And on and back to the visa thing. Like I don't. It's one of those things in life where like I hate unnecessary stuff. It drives me nuts. But I also it's called bureaucracy. But I also hate when people have opinions about things that they really don't have a clue of what it is. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Minnesota just didn't make a random rule that foreign people can't come in before. There has to be a reason no. for what it is. No, I mean I just don't like. Why would we understand that rule though? I mean, we don't. We're not in administrations. I don't know what that is. No, I mean I I think trying to look into that rule previously. Um, there's, there is obviously a, a federal policy on student visas. Okay. And the U happens to, you know, follow those policies, not just the U, but other universities. There is a way around that, um, with another visa, which is called like a visitor visa, which is what he, he had when he came here and he visited Minnesota and TCU and Tennessee's coach, Rick Barnes was actually not in town at the time that he had that that window with the visitor visa that's why he didn't visit visit tennessee so it's, he could have easily been a volunteer but it just so happened that when he was here on the, the the visitor visa it was a brief period he couldn't go to tennessee so okay so the best coincidence of timing of all time nate zuber 
Nate Zuber, he follows me. I'm sure he follows you as well. I can't tell. It's He's followed by the One and Done podcast, I see. We follow Nate Zuber. Nate is overseas right now. Just took a picture with Isaiah. Really? That's Nate's, awesome. Nate's, th- Nate is, it says his profile is Wyzetta Sports Jewish Row the Boat. And, he, and Isaiah just retweeted a picture with, with Nate. It says, and Nate, we appreciate this. Got to see Minnesota basketball crew. Isaiah is in, in, in play. In and. <laughs> Athletic freak, fastest guy in the court, flies all around the court, nice jump shot and finishes well, extremely impressive D, can cover the one through the four and has a great closeouts, recovering help D. Excited to see him in, Maro- in Maroon and Gold. Hey, a one and done follower just put that on the internet and like shout to Nate Zuber. Yeah, Nate. Way to go, Nate. We appreciate Doing it. Work. Nate, letting everybody know. Yeah, I'm so going anyway. to actually like retweet that and write. We're just talking about him on one and done. Um, but what I, from what I heard from the coaches is that, you know, three-point shooting is definitely his specialty. Uh, he's got a long way to go physically. Uh, he's, he's around 200 pounds at six foot nine. But, and I, I don't want to, like, you know, put expectations out too much. But every time I hear people talk about him, it's a Kevin Durant type of comparison. Not like, obviously, <laughs> who knows what his ceiling is, like Ryan said. But just the, his fit physically. You know, he's six nine. Um, he's he's fit thin, but he's athletic, and he's got a seven. You talk about Sam Freeman's wingspan. He's got a seven foot four wingspan. So for for six foot nine, I mean, can you can you imagine a defensive potential with that kind of wingspan? Um, but you t- you asked about Jordan Murphy. I mean, this is a kid who the Gophers are going on a foreign tour to Italy uh, next month in August. Okay, then last time they went on a foreign tour was to Spain when Jordan Murphy was a freshman. And it's just it's crazy how f- how f- uh, fast time flies. Truly. And now you know his, his career's over. Um, one of the best careers um, in a Gopher uniform. All-time leading rebounder, second in Big Ten history. We can go on and on about the stats. Jordan Murphy is that's a college basketball like that's a I don't want to say legend legend. He's a Gopher it, legend. He will. He's be. a Gopher legend. Yeah. That's the type of career like you come to college basketball for. Um, Jordan Murphy will forever be a maroon and gold. He's going to be forever loved by the maroon and gold. Jordan Murphy, when he steps into the professional career of his choosing after basketball, you know, maybe he'll play basketball until he's 42. Okay, so then when he's 43 years old, whatever his career is, somebody in this Twin Cities will get him a good job because that's how it works. Jordan Murphy's the type of guy who probably will be able to step right into a, into a career um, in speaking or, you know, public, you know, broadcasting in basketball, radio, something. Uh, if he wants to work for Pillsbury, he wants to work for 3M, whatever. Like, he's going to be able to get a job because he's beloved in Minnesota. That's what he just did at Minnesota. And, you know, Jordan's a guy that, you know, I don't know how, what the, the policy is about when you get your jersey retired and, how, you know, you talk about the politics that goes in w- along with that. But to me, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see why it can't happen soon. You know, I mean, all they have Willie Burton. I think he should be the next guy to get it. Yes, uh, pr- pretty soon. Um, but you know, look what they did with Rachel Banham. I mean, she. I think it was like the following year after she graduated. You're right, but you can't skip over legends that need to be re- have their jersey retired. Well, there. I mean, I'm sure there are other women's players that are, are pretty good. I don't have. I don't I, have. I don't have a problem. So I don't have a problem. Minnesota girls basketball was bad for a long time. Yeah, I mean, they got really. And then all, all the go- girls that have been really good since. Their jer- that deserve their no, jersey no, no, no. You're right. You're right. They've got their jersey retired. You're right. But I think There's, I think that if it, it, it didn't matter whether I just heard from our guy right Nate right now, he is on a youth group trip in Israel and happened to see our tweet saying he was playing in Tel Aviv and coincidentally he had a weekend to be with his family and oh, I'm never gonna say this right, 
Rehovat, which is very close. And then they asked if they could go watch a FIBA game, and they did. And they got to watch him play. Sweet. That's really cool. Dynamite. But yeah, Murphy, you know, I, I don't, if they, even if they had a, a women's player that was deserved to be retired before Rachel, it wasn't going to happen. Rachel became the all time leading scorer. I mean, that season was incredible. Kobe Bryant was a big fan, called her, you know, say she had the Mamba mentality. I mean, she was going to get her jersey retired right after the right after her career. And I think it maybe should be similar for Jordan. You, you could have a season where you could retire Willie and then you could retire Jordan. I mean, I don't see what's How about you, the you're problem just skipping that. over so many names? Uh, I mean, Sean <laughs> Leonard, the all-time leading scorer in history. They're not going to retire Vashon because of the, the scandal. Ever. Ever. Well, I mean, they just probably Okay, won't. that's a discussion because yeah. if you say that they're never, okay, what about there's more names like Quincy Lewis and Sam Jacobson? They won't retire those jerseys. Why? I love Quincy and, I, and Sam. I don't know him as well. But uh, he had a, he had a, uh, a really good career, but they're just not going to do it. I mean, you have to have stats to back up the you know the, the following that they've had in Minnesota, and and to me it, it's it's more what than sta- just hold about on, hold on. It's, it's, what stats are they lacking compared to Jordan Murphy? Jordan Murphy's the all time leading rebounder. Yes, that's one he's got. And, and what is he like the the, the third? And or they're like fifth and sixth. Okay, but. To me, he's the all-time and, they, and he got to play way more. He's games. the second. He's and they second took the team to the history. final four. I understand that, but you can't. And their first-round draft picks. The, fi- the final four is it's vacated. Oh, for God's sakes! I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just saying you might before before that happens, you would have to bring the banner back up, oh, and that's not, that's just not going to happen. So you you think that be guys that didn't do anything wrong. Guys that took the team to the end of the final four. It's not me. The guys that you're talking. You, okay, you're so you it. think they think. Yes. You think they think that because Quincy and Sam were on a team that was vacated, but neither of them did anything wrong. Both of them are first round draft picks. Both of them top five, six, for, seven for, scores all time. Both of them first round took it, taking the team to the NCAA tournament, final four, and Big Ten championship. Because they were a part of that team, they're not going to do it. Yes. Now, okay, yes. Vashon and Bobby were a part of it, yes. and and so okay, so if they say that, I, I okay, fine, I I I, okay, I, let's I, I will it, understand what they are going to say about that. But the guys that didn't do it, let's put it this way, okay, Bobby was the best player on that team, right? Yes. Okay, so if if anybody's gonna get their jersey retired, and and and, and they say, okay, you know what, we're gonna put the banner back up, that team, we're just gonna glor- uh, not glorify, but we're gonna celebrate that team again. Then Bobby would be the first one to get the jersey yes. retired before those guys. Okay. Although Bobby played here for two years, those were both four-year guys. Right, but still, honestly, if that's you t- if you talk about if you talk if you go back to that team, if you're saying okay, they deserve to go up mainly because of the Final Four, right? And because they're NBA draft, they're they're four-year well, standouts, and because they're first-round draft. But dra- I'm not talking on good ta- teams. But we're not they played talking, on good teams. We're not talking about the NBA and dra- getting drafted. Jordan doesn't didn't Fine. get drafted. We're talking, but that's who that's, knows if he's going to ever make the NBA. We're not talking of, about that. We're talking we're, about his impact. But we're talking, but that that isn't the NBA draft pick part. First-round draft pick. That's not to say that's not the reason they should go up. That's a reflection of what type player they are. You actually, you'd be surprised how many draft picks that we've actually had in Minnesota. History. There's been a lot. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but it's a reflection of what type recently. of player they are. Yeah. Well, I, I, to me, if I had to choose, okay, and now you're asking me to choose, and this is no knock against anybody on the, the Final Four team, because it's weird because I lived in Hawaii, but that was actually one of my favorite college teams of all time. I grew up in Hawaii and Minnesota before I knew anything about the Gophers' history uh, and as, as a beat writer. 
Uh, Minnesota basketball was my favorite college team in, in Hawaii, okay? But I think you got to go with Willie Burton because he was on an Elite Eight Sweet 16, and he's got the stats, and he's the second all-time leading scorer. Without a doubt. And, he, and you talk about the draft, being drafted high. You know, he had a, not a super long NBA career, but long enough. I think he had a fairly – Yeah, I mean – but I think there's some injuries. In yeah, there. it wasn't like he played 15 years. But anyway, so he's got all of that, and I think – and he got, he went back, got his degree. So I think Willie would be the next in line for me. He should and be. And then – Right. Line. It should be done. Right, exactly. He should have been done already. But another guy, and it, it's less about what he did at the U as far as stats and things like that, but it's it's more about his impact – um, not just representing Gopher basketball uh, after the U, but it's also about just Minnesota basketball in general. It's Flip Saunders. I mean, a lot That's of people think a lot of people think you should you should um, retire Flip Saunders jersey because of what he did for, with the Timberwolves, but also just just representing Gopher basketball. He's always talking about Gopher basketball. He was always like lifting Gopher basketball up. And I mean, you know, he raised a son, Ryan, that's a Timberwolves coach right now, but it's in, in a similar mold that he is. And that's always a, you know, a huge fan of Gopher basketball and a good, great ambassador for Gopher basketball. So some, a lot of people think that, you know, maybe Flip and Willie would be the next ones. To me, you know, Jordan Murphy deserves to be in that conversation. So we can leave it there. Um, but, you know, you want to keep talking about the NBA. NBA Summer League, I was excited to watch it because Amir and Jordan were going to be in it. But then I was like, I got to see Zion play, you know, mm-hmm. like at this level, which is not, you know, like NBA level, right? Because all these guys will never make it that he's playing against. That first game, I was in, uh, uh, I was, it was um, July 4th uh, weekend, right? So I was up at the cabin and there was like hardly any reception at all, no Wi Fi hardly. And I had like one bar, but I did get a couple glimpses of Zion, right? Play that first game. And then I think he got hurt, right? In his first game. And he like scored. I think he scored like twelve or thirteen points in the first half or whatever it was, or you know the first three quarters. And he was just dunking machine. I mean, he did everything that I thought he would do. Uh, what he did in college, he did in that first game. And then all of a sudden they shut him down, and he's got a knee issue. And then we never see him again. <laughs> and he was playing R.J. Barrett, so you know there's a lot of hype around the game. And R.J. Barrett continues. R.J. Barrett looked like garbage. He looked like in that first game, like he shouldn't even play in the G League. He, he was terrible. Yeah, in the second game too. Right. I, I was happy to see Dewell in the third game. But but the Zion hype, I mean, people bought tickets to that summer league game like it was, like the Super Bowl. You know, like that's just the impact that he's going to have on the NBA. He's like. My question is, like, where does that sit with like how good of a player he's going to be? Because even even though I did say see some outstanding outstanding athleticism, like we saw at Duke, you know. I still didn't really see the type of player where he's going to be some transcendent, you know, talent that the NBA has never seen. And all of a sudden, you know, he's playing with New Orleans without Anthony Davis and they're going to be a playoff team and all this kind of stuff. I just I'm waiting to see that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I just I feel I still feel like there's going to be another player in that class that is going to win rookie of the year. I don't know. Mm. That's a that's a statement that I might be eating. You know, next year, but I just think that there's going to be another rookie that might. You know, the rookie is going to get the most chance. It's John, John Morant. Morant. Yeah, it's not even going to be close because yeah. mm. Zion's playing on a team that has a lot of good basketball players. Right. You know, maybe not a superstar. But that's actually good in a way. But right? they have a stacked roster. Of I think if you put, good NBA basketball, players. You, like like uh, Luka Doncic, if you're playing on a, a playoff type of team, like a good team, and then you 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 also like a, a pretty good, you know, you're going to make put up numbers. That actually, to me, helps you in the conversation for a good year as, as well. As long, yeah. long as John Morant doesn't like, 
play at 110 miles per hour at all times. He will. If he, go, if he play, if he's in the fast lane and getting speed tickets all the time, he's yeah. gonna have a problem. But if he is able to corral that Maserati in the fast lane, they don't have like, a veteran point guard like, with, with if, him. Do if, they? if he can corral it, and oh shoot no, Tyus uh, Jones. Tyus, well, is it Tyus a veteran now? Yeah, kind of. What is he? How old is Tyus? He's 2014 like, class. He's, 15, so he's 23 years old. Can you call a 23 year old veteran in the uh, NBA? He's he's more yeah, veteran. I don't than, know. It's so weird. He's more a veteran than John Morant. Uh, yeah, I guess. No, but you know what? His the way he Wait, thinks he's, the game. He's only one year older than John Morant, though, isn't he? Pretty much. Yeah, like, but the wow. the way he thinks the game, though, the way he yeah. I mean, he's a, he's he's a veteran. And, and, yeah, he'll help him, but. My point is, like they could play together, I suppose. Back with Zion, if, like, if Tyus is uh, if Tyus is driving next to him in the fast lane, he could control, control him. A Are we bit. overhyping Zion? Is my question. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, th- I think, I think Zion's greatest help is going to be the fact that he has a veteran basketball team around him, and he's not going to have to take, he's not going to have to force anything. I think that team is going to allow him. To like most of the shots he's going to take are going to be high percentage shots. That team is going to allow him to instead of taking twenty one shots a game, nineteen shots a game, it's going to allow him to take thirteen, fourteen. Only those thirteen, fourteen are going to be high percentage. He's going to make eight or nine, and he's going to be at the free throw line. We're going to be talking about an eight, uh, like a twenty point per game year, and he's going to shoot high yeah. percentage. None of that's going to matter as long as he dunks the basketball, though. Oh, he's going to dunk. as long as he dunks the basketball. Nobody's going to care about anything Dude, else. Like, no, they, he's got to put up some numbers. Dude, no, looks like no, he does. Four bouncing no, around doesn't. the earth, just like you're telling me. Like if Optimus he, Prime dunking, if he has crazy. three or four like. ESPN highlight reel dunks a game, and he only averages 15 points a game. You think people will be be say, "Oh yeah, he lived up to the hype." I think people will be uh, will be packing the gyms as long as he's dunking the oh, basketball. Oh no, 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 no! They'll pack the gyms if he if he averages 10 points a game, and every one of those 10 points is a dunk. How but, crazy is it that the Pelicans have went from having a superstar named Anthony Davis and like the fans being kind of fun to like having Zion and a stack like a big roster of veterans, and like they got better. They are a better basketball. They're a better yeah. basketball organization now. Yeah. That's crazy. That like way to go, Pelicans, to turn that negative into a positive. Sorry, Oklahoma City Thunder, you don't get. You that guys luxury. are avoiding. You're avoiding the hot take question, though. What was the hot take question? Is is he going to live up to the hype? I just I answered it without directly answering it. Okay. I said yes because of what's around him is going to allow it to him, allow him to live up to that hype. Okay. I don't. I mean, it, to me, it's such a high ceiling. If right he, away, if he dunks. It doesn't matter. To me, he's got to be an all-star. He, he's going to participate. He's got to be like a, He doesn't need to even be an all-star cuz he's going to participate in the dunk know. contest. Dude, dude's he not gonna, he might not the, even he might not even dunk, participate in the dunk contest. He's not, he'll win the oh, dunk contest. Participate. He already he's said that. He might not he's put it. Instead of jumping over a truck, he's just going to run through the truck <laughs> and dunk. As long as he think, dunks the basketball, think, everybody's going to be excited. I still think if he doesn't win rookie of the year and uh and he doesn't put up these monster stats i think people are going to see his his first year as a disappointment and expectations for him are going to be lowered a little bit but i i I if he when he if he if he dunks yes his jerseys will sell people come watch him and and he'll be the youtube sensation that he was in in high school and then even in college i'm talking about becoming one of the best players to ever play the game because because when all the hype that lebron came in with he had the most hype ever can we just we can agree on that truly his first game Okay, I was so critical of LeBron. I mean, I, I don't know why I was because I, I, for some reason, guys that get a lot of hype, I always like. Uh, even when Jordan, I was like, uh, Jordan, I'm not a, I'm not a big Jordan fan. I love watching him play, but I don't want to be like everybody else and like Jordan. You know, I'm going to hate on him. 
I'm not hating on Zion. I just think like he's going to have all the attention anyway if he dunks. But can he be a, a, a transcendent? Can he be a great player? When I saw LeBron James play the first you know couple weeks of the season, I'm like, holy crap! Like, <laughs> yes, he is that good. You know what I mean? And he wasn't. I mean, he well, he averaged like what twenty? He averaged around twenty points a game his his first year. Yeah, LeBron came out. But balling. I just saw like I saw more than just like dunking. Yeah, but you would already know that now about Zion, right? I mean, we both know that his jump shot is ugly. We we all know we we all. Well, I think we've talked about his his flaws and and the things. People are saying that he, he actually is better than he's more than just a dunker though. And I, I just want to I want to see some of that. I don't think we're going to see that transcendency though in his first year. Okay, I, 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 agree, I, I agree. I agree with you. you. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree with you. His, agree. It's not going to come out right yeah. away. Yeah. And I, I think that'd be disappointing to see. You know, some people will say like, "Oh, well, he's he's what are the, what are, what are the NBA players call him a uh, a more athletic Julius Randle, right?" <laughs> Which you know, Julius Randle averaged That's twenty harsh. averaged twenty point twenty one points a game this year and eight rebounds. I mean, if if Zion averaged twenty one and eight. He'll probably win Rookie of the Year. That's a pretty good season. But, Man, but Julius say, Randle played okay. 14 minutes in his first season. I hope he's not like Julius Randle. Well, I mean, here's my, I think Julius Randle now. Though. Here's my rookie. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about the wrap up the rookie conversation. I think Zion is going to live up to the expectations because he's in a good situation. I think John Morant is probably going to get have like he's going to be asked to do too much, and the numbers like Trey Young, the numbers are going to get a little wild at times. Yeah, I think R.J. Barrett, but I think Ja will be okay. I'm worried about R.J. Barrett because the Knicks tried to do what the Pelicans did with veterans, and they did it to a certain degree, and there are some good players there. But where R.J. Barrett is right now, all he, I think he's just going to have to come in and be a 14, 15-point-per guy with that yeah, team. Yeah, going to be tough, man. But the Knicks fans are going to expect more of that. And I just, oh, no question. And I don't think he's tough. quite ready enough to be – like he's gonna be good. Don't don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's quite ready to have the impact that some foresee him having. To and I think that's where the problem is gonna be. Hey, real quick, quick Cleveland Cavaliers question. The first year pass. Na- name some. Yeah, they'll definitely pass. Name some first. LeBron playing for them anymore? Pass. Name some <laughs> players from his first year team. Go. Name some players from LeBron's that were on LeBron's first year team. Uh, Zadrunas Ogaskas. Yes. Yeah, what the uh, Damon um, Jones was, was Damon no. Jones on the team? Yeah, he wasn't on so. the team. No, uh, Mo Williams. No, no. Um, okay, let's go. Oh, so LeBron, two thousand three. LeBron. LeBron gosh, came in. Five? Was it five? Le- LeBron. Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer was there. Yes, yeah. average fifteen and eleven. Wow. Okay, he was, he was a dog back in the day. But Le- I always remember this because LeBron came in with a ton of young wings. That also everyone thought were going to be really, really hyped. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, that's a whole lot of wings that were hyped. Duwan Wagner. Remember, Duda scored 100 oh, yeah. in a game. Yep, remember remember Ricky Davis's wild Ricky self. Davis. Ricky Davis. Remember the Davis. hype behind Darius Miles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All those guys were on he, the he same team. He was with the team. Clippers. He was all right. All those guys on the same team. And the point guard was Mateen Cleaves. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember Mateen on that team. Yep. All so right, well, anyway, that was that was fun. Cavs conversation. That was his rookie that year. Was fun. That was his rookie year squad. Wow. Oh, I just had the stats from his rookie year. I should have shared those. And I lost it. No, I got it. Here it comes. What did? Le- oh, hold twenty. What did LeBron average point wise? Twenty. Year? Twenty-one. Yeah. How many boards? Eight. S- seven. Five. Five. Six assists. What did he shoot from the arc as a rookie? This is good. Thirty-four percent. That's what I was gonna guess. Thirty-five. Twenty-nine. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. As a as a NBA, uh, LeBron's field goal percentage as a rookie was forty-one. 
That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. They, these guys are, are babies, man. You can't but, expect but, but to the, come out and be transcending. He did, you know, like the, the assist numbers. You know, I, I just didn't – I didn't realize – I guess I – you know, I watched like one of his games, and I, or two of his games. I watched the McDonald's game, and they had one game like on ESPN when he played um, Carmel Anthony and Oak Hill. I just mm, didn't realize right. I didn't realize he's that good of a passer. Like I, I see you know behind the back or no look passes every now and then in a game, but I, I was wondering how I was going to translate to NBA level. And he was like, he came into to the league like a six eight point guard as far as passing. So that's why that part of this game like was I was amazed at, and. Um, yeah, I mean, just and here we are, sixteen years later. He's going to play point guard next next again, season. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the free agency period, right? That's another big uh, talker for the NBA, and you know, I mean, poor Knicks, poor poor Knicks. Oh, you know, I don't even want to talk about the Knicks. No, no. Man. Let's just say, let's just Stinky let's go back to move on quickly. Screw the Knicks. Whoa. <laughs> let's talk about the Cavs. No, well, ass Knicks. the Cavs. Well, the Knicks thought they were going to be kind of what Brooklyn got, right? Right. They thought they were going to get Kyrie and KD. Well, KD can't play next year probably for most of the season, if not the entire season, if he wants to be healthy for like long term. Because I had the Achilles injury, and that's not an injury that you want to mess around with. Um, but you know, if you look at if you look at free agency, who was the biggest winner? You got to say it's probably the Clippers, right? I mean, most recently, um, I think they just shocked everybody. Potentially, I don't, most recently, maybe it was Houston. What was the most well, shocking though? What the, was the most? I think shocking? the Clippers was most shocking to me. I didn't. I never saw the Paul. Uh, I was thinking, especially when Paul it Carter. happened, it was like uh, at keep, midnight. I, I, PC, you know, like I think that they had. A, I knew they they had a relationship, but I didn't I know they didn't, were boys like that. Yeah, I just didn't know. I mean, I didn't know anybody was friends with Kawhi. That was what was made this all so unique. Was because Kawhi is such a mythical creature at this point. He's 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 all smoke and mirrors and rumors and. And uh, anecdotes, but nobody really seems to know the guy. And that was the other thing that seemed like it got exposed is nobody seemed to know or actually have an inside scoop. Not with him. Not with him at all. Certainly not with and, Kawhi. And I, I think that, you know, to, to do what he did at Toronto is kind of like, I mean, you know, Toronto wasn't his home, but it was kind of like Cleveland in a way where just to bring a championship to that city, you know, it meant a lot to him. And obviously it meant a lot to the fans to see him do that. And I think – not all of them are saying, hey, you know, actually, I think most of them probably were saying, hey, thanks for doing that for us. You know, we wish you the best. They're pretty bitter in the sense that, oh, we wanted, you know. It would have been nice to run it back. Right. But, I mean, shoot. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's a championship. You can't take that away from them, just like you can't take away the Final Four banners. No, nah, it's wild, man. It's wild <laughs> but, how the season out and, but, but and wrapped it up. Yeah, but it's isn't it just, if you look at the West now, I mean, like, Golden State, the injuries to Clay, and, and then they bring D'Angelo Russell in there. Which is lose. so weird, right? So weird. It's weird, but I mean, come on, like, you know, I I just didn't believe that the Doves were going to totally, you know, wipe the board. I mean, I guess they didn't totally wipe the board, but they cleaned house. They got rid of Iguodala and uh, Sean Livingston. And granted, Sean Livingston wasn't producing at all, but it was just surprising to see them. Well, Iggy was on close to. On well, his he last was leg. he was yeah. writing his own ticket out, yeah. which was surprising, but uh, nonetheless. Um, the the West is appears to be wide. The whole league appears it's to be wide, wide open because the Lakers seem like they're gonna take it. You think I mean, the Lakers got the yeah. the roster for it? I don't. I'm 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 not digging the Clippers as much as I like the Lakers squad right now. Well, it's gonna be a battle in uh, in L. A. No matter what, but I don't think it will be a battle for uh, popularity. I, I think uh, if you're a Clippers fan, you're weak. Oh. <laughs> 
takes a shot. Hold on. I was, I was you just jinxed the, I was you just just jinxed the Lakers on. right now. I'm just checking Not in on D1 Minnesota's game with Team Loaded right now, just checking in and see the scores and everything. And then all, heard, all of a sudden, I heard, it brought me back. <laughs> the Clippers are weak. No, the Clippers are going to suck up the, the Lakers every game with their defense nah. next year. You know, hold on. How many games do they play? Who's guarding Anthony Davis? Five? Who's, Clippers, who's four out of five. Davis? Clippers, four out of five. No, no. I don't think it'd be Who's that. guarding Anthony Davis? It doesn't know. matter, though. I think who's scoring for uh It's all about what you Clippers. do in the playoffs. Uh, let's see. Who's scoring, for, who's scoring for the Clippers? Come on, man. For the they Clippers? Have two, they have two of the three best the MVP candidates yeah. around. Paul George is overrated. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And Kawhi Leonard got lucky that KD got it. Oh, yeah. He's, this is good stuff. I love Laker fans. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> No, it's I mean good. this guy has a Magic Johnson tattooed on his arm. It would be really. <laughs> it is great though that the Lakers are back in the conversation. It would be really amazing. It is not. It That's is. the most overrated thing of all time. The NBA is the better when the Lakers are better. No, it's it not. Is. The NBA is always good. It's always good. It's going to be a really spectacular. Good. No, season, it is though. too always good. I'm super excited good. that all. No, these... I was I was losing interest when Golden State was going to win every I... year. I was okay. and, and then Cleveland or not Cleveland, ago, but I like lost a little bit. But LeBron was in the finals every year, and then the, you know he's gonna play Golden State for like the next thirty you know years. I, I will I give was, you a little bit on that. For, yeah. It did get a little tiresome, but it's not that the Lakers back that it's exciting. What's exciting is that like, okay, last week when I was driving back from Chicago, I'm listening to NBA radio, and the one word that everybody used was parody. And it really is because you can see nine teams. Now, I listened to ESPN radio and your guy Myron said, there is no parody in the NBA, no matter what anybody thinks. And I want to disagree with that tremendously. What, is it, what, what was his point on that? Though? I don't have a clue. Well, but, <laughs> I, but, but like, you know, there, there, there's never parody in the NBA. But there is. Oh, no. He, what he's trying to say is, though, that there, there are some teams that are never, never going to compete for a championship is what he's trying to say. Like, obviously – there's there's small... he has no he wasn't even listening to the conversation. No, he has I'm, the answer. I, no, I'm just th- I'm just <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, no, I, I think I'm thinking that's that's the, what he meant no, by they, that. They said that him and the guy said there was four teams that only have a chance to win it, and anybody thinks anything else. Man, is that's crazy. silly. Right. That's not that's no. This this is why the NBA is awesome next year. Because there's and like this year eight teams with Seriously. two superstars. Yes, the fact that Kawhi didn't go to the Lakers has made the NBA amazing. Yeah. Like the next thing that's going to happen is. We're going to see Chris Paul in the Heat, and they're not going to win it. But at the same time, you have Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler together. The Heat are going to be a team that we're going to want to look at. There's so not many really. teams. That I, don't, he, I don't like watching Jimmy anymore. He kind I, of I, me he off. Yeah. I just bought a but, Jimmy Butler jersey, a Wolves jersey. I'm not even going to lie. It's the first Wolves jersey I ever bought as a Jimmy Butler but jersey. But at the same hey, time. you want to trade for my Greg Oden but you're Portland Trailblazer che- jersey? You're going to cheer against them, though. You're laughing. You think I don't have one of those. I actually do. You're going to cheer against I'm gonna them, I'm going to get though. a Greg Oden big three jersey. Yeah. Just like you. Oh, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Is he playing I wonder the, if I could trade whoa, that in. He's playing in the big three? He's playing yeah. in the big three. Oh, now I'm He's dominating, man. So we got. Give yeah. me five names. Royce White and, and, and Royce called White for sure. Royce White is gonna meet Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. That's well. Isn't Jason? Wasn't Jason I, Williams playing me. in that? Wasn't White Chocolate playing in that? Uh, I think he did last year. I don't think he is this year. If he is, I'm watching. Oh, they had uh, uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like 50 years old. I think. In there. I think Boozer, uh, Amari Stoudemire. I thought Stoudemire was trying to get back in the league. Yeah, him and uh, somebody else, too. Um, um, now, I can only watch it for like 20 Monte minutes. Monte Ellis, that's who it was. I can only watch it for 20 minutes, but it's a good 20 minutes. Now, okay, can we go back to the fact that you said who's going to score for the Clippers? I mean... <laughs> They're well, the best player in the NBA on their team. Yeah. I'm like, and Paul George. <laughs> the question is like... Here we go. 
I mean, Patrick Beverly, you know. The Lakers even get a top four seed. In the they don't really have year. much depth on, on the Clippers. Yes. The Lakers are going to have the best record do. in the West. Yeah, they will. I think the Clippers do have a little more depth than you think. Uh, well, no, they, I don't really, pretend no. to have all the knowledge in my head right now, but they showed the the projected 12-man roster while the Clippers were playing in the summer league game, and I remember thinking to myself, like, damn, they're deeper than They got Montrez Harrell starting mm-hmm. at the center. Mm-hmm. I know, but remember they got when Mo, he played, when, they remember got when he the Gophers? Mo Williams coming <laughs> off the bench. Mo Williams, he's like my age. He's not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just say crazy stuff to counter me. <laughs> Nah, Mo, didn't Mo Williams score like 50 about for the Lou, Wolves? You're talking about Lou Williams. Oh, yeah, said, Lou Williams. oh, Lou Williams. That's Lou Williams. Mo, you might yeah. be right. Mo Williams is probably 50. They got uh, Zubox, who who they picked up from the Lakers last year. Landry, Shamay. Lou Williams uh, is like... is like Landry, uh, Shamay could play. Lou Williams is like that dude that Mo Jamal Crawford. Like he, Mo Harkless could play. He can like score 40 in his sleep. Mo, uh, yes. Lou Williams, he can. Hey, but but Mo, yeah. Lou Williams scores like... 21 and 26 minutes yeah. every night. Just like, hey, I don't feel like playing at 30. Give me 26, I'll give super, you 21. Super efficient. Well, I, you know, the NBA is going to be interesting this year. I wish, man, I wish that, that Clay Thompson and KD were healthy, though. Like, Truly. I'm, al- I'm almost, like, overlooking this year, and I'm looking to 2020. I don't. <laughs> I, know, I, they, I know this sounds odd, but I don't care that they're out. Because uh, when somebody's out, the NBA just finds new stars to come in and take their place. No, but and those need, guys will come back and leave. They got enough better. star. They got enough stars to keep stars know, to keep everywhere. Me enthused, I love it. I just wish that I love the NBC. I just want to. I want to see Kyrie and Katie play together in Brooklyn. Well, you'll see it in two years, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, just watch Kyrie. Like he might be Uncle. What, was it Uncle Drew? He might be Uncle Drew by then. We don't. I don't know if he's 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 to me. He's just lost a lot of popularity, in my opinion. Not necessarily because like he's not a great player. It's just the, the attitude, like, you know, I thought he was more of a team guy. I thought he was more of like a leader, and he and right now it just seems the total opposite. Like, You're talking about Kyrie? Kyrie, yeah. Like, I to me, I don't know. I I was always under the impression that like he just wanted to have his own team, and that's why like he just didn't let it. You know, he just he didn't want to move forward with LeBron with Cleveland. I it's, understand that, but when he went to Boston, it's it's. He he had a great team around him. Like all he had to do was just kind of be like that 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 father figure, that leadership, you know, role, and and take these young guys under under their wing. I know some of these young guys were pr- pretty hard, you know, to deal with because they wanted to, to, the limelight. They like they wanted to shine, especially um, Terry Rozier. But that's part of being a leader. Like that's part of being that guy. Like that's why you get paid all that money. Like you gotta be able to make that work. And, and it's fascinating that Brooklyn is hiring him to do the exact same thing. To come in and take over a roster that had a lot of great chemistry, that made the playoffs, right. that was successful. Right. And then I mean you and can't not without K D. You can't tell him you can't tell him no. I mean, when you got an opportunity to get those two guys, you gotta do it. But it's it's fascinating that that's how it worked out. It's almost the exact same scenario. And tell me t- correct me if i'm wrong but was kd ever like a, a leader i mean was he ever like the guy uh i mean i think he's always been i mean talent wise talent wise no question right he, he could argue that he's the best player in the world but i'm just talking about like vocal leadership i don't know i'm, I'm not talking prepared about, like, to i'm not prepared to question kd at all after the way he went out in the finals coming back no uh, but that was all that he, he seems like a, a, a um he seems like like let my play do the talking type of guy do you know what team we did you know bring saying? up like, that also has a – Dallas? I'm super excited about Dallas. That's another one. Euroball over there. I'll tell you, it could be a top three team in the West. Portland? Utah Jazz. Oh, man. Utah, Utah. Jazz. Hey, oh, what about the Suns with Rubio? What about the Suns with Rubio? <laughs> the Suns Rubio? don't have, like, enough talent. It's time I to actually, go. I was, like, I was, like, looking all over your Twitter – 
you know, yeah. right around that that time when Rubio signed. I'm the still Suns. watching the Suns. Just and just them. to see what you were gonna say, you said nothing. I didn't say anything because like he was. You're hurt. like he's, his biggest fan. He was. Hurt. I am, but it's gonna make. He it's, was I would rather him be here. Like <laughs> hurt. Like he's gonna make those players better, but the Suns roster doesn't have a chance. Oh come on, man! No, it doesn't. Come Booker, on. Booker, I love Booker, and I, I like. I think they're Aiden, still like three years away. Aiden, Aiden has a chance to be a poor man's Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, what's his face from? Uh, um, he was with uh, Villanova. Um, I think Bridges is gonna is actually a pretty. Think good, about the Jazz roster though. Conley at PG, Donovan Mitchell at shooting. Can we talk? Oh, the Jazz, yeah. Bohan Bogdanovich at the small forward. Center Rudy Gobert. I'm actually a Rudy Gobert hater. Joe Ing- Not because what? Not because the fact that like he he doesn't get it done for like what you know what he does rebounding sh- blocking shots, but the fact that he's the third team All NBA center ahead of Cat, it no. just pisses me off. I, you know, okay. <laughs> it does. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> Damn it, Rudy! Why did you get yourself on the third team? Like, it's his fault. You know? No, I'm not. I, I that's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm hating on him because like he did it, but I'm hating on him because he's so not. Better than Cat. He is mm. ten times the defender that Cat mm-hmm. is. It doesn't not matter. even in the same universe. Why is defense always like oh, this is God. an offensive league now? It's an offensive league. <laughs> it is. Here we go. Nobody plays defense in the NBA. It doesn't. Nobody that plays D like they used to. <laughs> defense doesn't matter. Who cares that no that they shoot thirty percent on Rudy Gobert? They changed the rules so that the offense would take over, so it was more exciting. And I get that. And so it's become more of an offensive league. Yes, but when they play, you play Rudy you can't Gobert, hire they... Tom Thibodeau to coach the Wolves when this become more of an offensive league. You got to get an offensive coach. Okay, now you're right there. But what I'm saying and Rudy Gobert, like. You watch the Jazz games, nobody could score around the basket. Nobody. 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 Like, they don't – nobody – Where were like, the – Nobody the, the, the Jazz make the finals? Gobert's a bad man, though. He is. He's a bad man. No, for what he does. I just said, for what he does, and what he I does respect him. Exceptionally But he's no well. cat. He does it better than Cat does his yes, best Yes, he plays thing. defense better than Cat. So they're what? Com- that doesn't mean he's not, all they're like, third team. They're the most opposite well. of centers to compare you could ever so compare. Why? Exactly. Like, so why are you bitching about you Well, they did. It? They did. They're com- both good at their craft. They, did, com- they did compare the two. Okay? But they Rudy said Gobert did his craft. It took them to the playoffs. Cat didn't take his team Rudy anywhere. Rudy Gobert didn't carry that team to the playoffs. It, he, part of it. Big part of it. Him and Donovan Mitchell are the best two players on the team. They took If Cat was on that team, they'd make the playoffs too, and they might even actually go further. They'd probably give up 130 points a game. Let's hit the high school scene because it is the July recruiting period. Like, I have spent the last 48 hours sitting in my basement. I was supposed to go to the Peach Jam, uh, Adidas Championships, Under Armour. I didn't go because... Like I just I felt like I didn't want to drive 16 hours and I I felt it being one gym is hard when I can sit back and survey all the monitors all the gyms so that so that's what I'm doing right now you have grassroots sizzle this morning they won their fifth game in a row um if you haven't heard about this last May they played this team called Team Thad Thaddeus Young's team in the middle of the second quarter the game just ended now I, there was a lot of rough play and there was some slipping I don't know if it was because the court was slippery or if because they, they didn't like what the referees did but then grassroots was done and Team Thaddeus Young's team won so but on Twitter Team Thad just put pictures of Jalen and the grassroots team and made fun of them on Twitter and put all the pictures on Twitter. Uh-oh. So yesterday, Jalen put 37 or 35 on their heads Ooh. and beat them by double figures. And now Sizzle is 5-0 and moving into the Under Armour and the other championships. So you got grassroots Sizzle there. D1 Minnesota was the only undefeated shoe team in America coming into this weekend at 17 and under. Unfortunately, Dawson Garcia it, what can't isn't playing. He's back home ill. So 
they played Compton Magic and lost, although Compton Magic didn't have Evan Mobley, the number one player in the nation in his grade, either. So that's their first loss. But right now, as we speak, they're winning their fourth game, um, up 49-36 on Team Loaded. So D1, Richard Patino's watching them right now. Kerwin Walton, by the way, has made his first five threes. Uh, Patino's watching Ben Carlson, Kerwin Walton, Kendall Brown, Stephen Crow from Eastview, who just got an offer. So they are at the Adidas Championships. And then also down south, Minnesota Fury. Minnesota Fury has been so good in the Best of the South event that they got their schedule moved so they could play the top teams in the event by the request of the college coaches. And they're playing Chandler Parsons' team at 12.50 today, who has who I, somebody I forget, a top 100 guy. So Minnesota Fury's down there. The Fury is the shoe team killer. Every single year, the Minnesota Fury beats a shoe team in one of these tournaments. Yesterday, they beat a Nike EYBL team at the 1500 level. The Fury's 15s have lost one game all year, and they just beat a shoe team. And then uh, Howard Pulley is playing in the Peach Invitational Tournament, um, which is the Peach Jam's, like, the tournament down the road from the Peach Jam. They've been playing very well. I don't believe they've lost a game yet, and if they have, it's only one. Um, so, yes, Minnesota teams are playing really well. I mean, there's Minnesota teams in Vegas, Indiana, Dallas, Sioux Falls, Omaha, Alabama, Atlanta, uh, North Augusta, Augusta. There's teams everywhere in the country. So it's the biggest It's the biggest AAU weekend of the year. And to wrap it up, you know, I did a story with the help of Ryan who's the Prep Hoops National Analyst, um, to do to talk about the deep class at the top 2020 in the state of Minnesota, and it's probably one of the deepest uh, in a long time. I think we, we traced it back to 11, uh, 11 years ago in 2009. Um, and, you know, really what this means is that it looks like the Gophers have a really good chance of, you know, getting a local kid. I know they, sh- they got shut out in 2019, uh, second time in two years, shut out in 2017. Great class in 2018 with Oturu, Kalsher, and Omersa. And it looks like this could be another multiple, you know, in-state uh, recruiting class. And, you know, with guys like, um, obviously, Gabe Madsen uh, from Rochester Ma- uh, Mayo, um, you know, Patino offered him at the team camp and, you know, it's funny. He says, hey, I want you to be my first guy to commit in this class. Well, you know, a lot of these guys, they still had the July recruiting. Well, all of them they had still the July recruiting period to come up, so you didn't see a commitment. But, you know, Gabe Madsen, uh, Ryan mentioned Kerwin Walton, um, you know, Ben Carlson's, uh, you know, Dayton Deja committed to, to Baylor, so they missed out on him. But Dawson Garcia, you know, Jalen Suggs is at the very top of the list. You know, Gonzaga looks like they might get him, but, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. And so, I mean, th- this is a great class of Minnesota talent, and um, it looks like that uh, Patino could get at least uh, a couple of these guys. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of options to choose from. They've offered seven. Um, you know what's crazy is – there's so many players that there could even be more. There could be more if they had more time to watch everybody. I mean, there's this six eleven developing kid named Jacob Janison. You know, Mason Madsen, Gabe's brother, is pretty good. Um, there's so many talented kids to look at. Uh, so any any combination that they get from Minnesota this year is going to be good because all seven guys that Minnesota's offered, they're all top 150 level guys or above. Um, there might be guys ranked a little below that right now, but when it comes back to it, I think we're going to have seven guys ranked in the top 150. So the talent in Minnesota right now. And there are, what, is it 16 guys? Uh, we ran down the list. The latest got to add was Lukai Patterson with the Idaho State offer. I think there's 16 guys with D1 offers right now in Minnesota. That list could get to 21 or 22 by the end of the year. So a very deep class. 
us. Well, that is an incredible uh, way to end the show then. What do you, what do you think is going to be the next time we get together? A uh, couple few... Christmas that there are the way we do things? Okay, that, well, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be before Christmas. Uh, keep an eye on the Twitter feed for Marcus Fuller and Ryan James. I'm Hardwood Rob. Thank you for listening to The One and Done Show.